prophetic, but this is certainly a season as never before. We need to continue to pray, intercede, stand in the gap on behalf of our country, our nation. Um, we're living in a, a, a perilous and a divided time, and our nation needs us as his people. Amen. And so this morning, if you have your Bibles, I'm going to be looking at Deuteronomy chapter 6. Um, this message just came off, uh, bounced off the page, and sometimes, you know, God just speak to you. Uh, but, um, you know, I was reminded several weeks when I started this series on kingdom discipleship. We, for those that's visiting, we've been teaching a message on what it means to be a disciple, a follower of Jesus Christ. And we said it this way, a disciple is a believer in Jesus Christ who embraces the process of learning how to live all of their lives under the lordship of Jesus Christ. We're, 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 to, we're to live uh, by his transcendent principles. We're not of this world. His kingdom is not of this world. And I say it at the beginning of this, you know, I believe that God allowed um, God, you know, everything has to come through his permission. I believe God has allowed this pandemic. Once again, I believe he allowed every home to be shut down. There's a reason. You know, sometimes we got to ask God, why did you allow every house, every church building to be closed? I believe there's a reason because sometimes we've made Christianity what I do on Sunday rather than who I am and what, what I, you know, and what I do Monday through Saturday. And, and I believe God shut our church buildings down to remind us that church is not where I go, but it's who I am. I believe God allowed our schools to close to remind parents it's not the teacher's responsibility to train your children. It's your job. <laughs> Some of you still learning. Amen. But I, I, I believe that in every thing that we need to say God what are you doing you know when things like this has happened often that uh, we need to say Lord um, show us what the spirit of the Lord is saying to the church and I believe as never before we need to have ears to hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying and you know when I was kind of thinking through this because um, we're, we're far from over with what we're dealing with most of the churches throughout the United States are still closed and shut down. Many places they're not even allowed to, to gather and meet. And, uh, and so I, I've often wondered, you know, we, we, we have about 220-something families that make up new wine. And uh, I often say, you know, if God shut down every church building and shut down every, uh, we, we couldn't get together, then how would, you, how would you make it? Would you continue to grow in the Lord? And, and so th today's message could better be titled Everyday Discipleship because I really believe that God wants us to learn how to make discipleship an everyday process. When we look at the early church, you know, the home has always been the primary vehicle that God has used to make disciples. Uh, you're in this church building one hour at one to one and a half hour out of a 168 hour week but you're in your homes and in your workplaces and if we limit christianity what goes on in this building we've missed what it's all about and i believe that god always intended the home to be the primary place where we grow where we are disciple 
In the book of Acts, we read in Acts chapter 2, this is just introduction. And the Bible says, in every day, say every day. See, because God intended our walk with the Lord to be an everyday thing. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple court, and they broke bread from house to house in their home, and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God, enjoying favor with all the people, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Did most of you know that for the first 300 years, there were no church buildings. The church primarily met in homes. And I believe because there's a reason for it, and we're going to look at, I, I call this principle the principle of everyday discipleship. You know, it goes all the way back to the Old Testament. God intended our homes to be a place. You know, I, I say it this way, if you want to know the condition of the church, all you got to do is look at our homes, because so goes the home, so goes the church. And I believe that one of the problems that we have today is we've, we've we made the mistake to make churches where I go and rather than who I am. And, and I believe that God is bringing us back to making church who we are in our homes so that our children begin to see what it, what it looks like to be disciples of Jesus Christ. You know, God started this principle in the Old Testament. When the children of Israel came out of Egypt, uh, I just want to introduce before I turn to Deuteronomy chapter 6. He said this in Exodus 19, verses 5 to 6. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all the nations you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the children of Israel. You know, th he, he, this is what Peter quoted in 1 Peter Two verses nine. In other words, God chose Israel to represent his way of life, to teach his word, and to be the agent of salvation to the world. That all the nations would be blessed by them. In other words, the same today. God wants to use your home to be a channel of blessing. Everyday discipleship has everything to do with the fact that I believe that if we will be what God wants us to be in our home, in our families, then the world would be able to look at us. If they never walked in a church building again, the world would be able to look at us and see what Jesus is like. They would be able to look at us and see what it means to, to love God and to serve Him. And so I believe that once again, God is once again drawing us back to what it means to live and be disciples every day in our home. So that brings us to our text this morning. I'm reading Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9. And I want to uh, read, if you have you, I'm reading out of the NIV. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9. Here's our text. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And these commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands. Bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the doorsteps of your houses 
and on your gates. Let me, let me just talk to you this morning from these verses of Scripture. I'm going to say it again. We can call this everyday discipleship. I call this the process of discipleship. But listen, um, I, I've read a book a few years ago. It's called The Jewish Phenomenon. And uh, very highly recommend. But it's interesting when you read this book because uh, the Jewish race as a nation have survived thousands of years and of and millennia because of a, a understanding that they took to heart. You can go almost in any nation of the world. You can go to Africa, Africa and where among Orthodox Jews you're going to find some commonalities because they embrace certain principles that they take from the Word of God and they apply and they pass on from generation to generation. That's sort of a picture of what God intended the church to be. You know, one of the reasons uh, it's interesting to read when you read this Jewish phenomena, though they make up, I think, less than point something percent of the world's population, they, can, they have 30% of the world's Nobel Prizes. They make up, uh, uh, it's amazing what they have contributed to our world, how they've blessed the world. I, I, God, how I many know God loved the nation of Israel? And God has put a blessing. Somebody ought to say amen. And I believe there's some things we can learn from them. But, uh, but tonight, this morning, I'm going to share with you some of the secrets that they have learned. And I believe that if we'll apply them, um, that, that it'll be a blessing not only to you, but you'll be the tool that God can use to bring His blessing not just to your family, but to the nations. How many want to be a blessing? I, I, I wrote that this morning. I said, God, make us a channel of blessing to the whole world. That's what God told him. God said, listen, if you will obey these commands, and if you will apply what I'm sharing with you today, he said, I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to make you a blessing to all the nations of the world. The first principle that we read in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, Four and five, it says, Oh, hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. I made it a point here, listen, if you and I are going to uh, affect and be disciples and, and make be disciples who make disciples, we have to possess a heated faith. Several years ago, listen, a study was done of Christians and non-Christian homes. They discovered that the vast majority of young adults, or young adults following Jesus actively today came from homes where there was a deep personal relationship with Jesus that was modeled or encouraged. Or they came from a home where there was no faith at all. In other words, in homes where people went to church, but they didn't live out their faith, they didn't possess a heated, uh, uh, a faith that was real, that was tangible. What does that tell us? That this it, it tells us it's better to have no faith than to have a lukewarm faith. Jesus said it this way, I wish you was either hot or cold, but because you're lukewarm, I'll spit you out of my mouth. A book was written just to that fact, Vern 
Benston wrote in his book, Families in Faith, how religion is passed down across generations. Listen to what he said. Relationships with parents that are felt to be close and warm and affirming are associated with a higher religious transmission than are relationships that are perceived cold, distant, and authoritarian, regardless of the level of Christian duty. In other words, it don't care how you, what you do on Sunday. If they don't see it in your home, if they don't see a heated faith in your life, I want you to know that it's not going to be contagious. It's not going to be drawn to others. And so I want to say this to you. Listen, if you and I are going to have a passionate faith, it's our job. Let me say, we have to keep, if we're going to pass faith to the next generation, if we're going to be disciples who make disciples, we're going to have to have a heated faith. Listen to what Paul wrote to Timothy in First, Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. I've been reminded of the sincere faith which first lived in your grandmother, Lois, and in your mother, Eunice, and I am persuaded it now lives in you also. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you, I'm sorry, through the laying on of my hands. In other words, listen, in every generation, we have a responsibility to keep the fire burning. Look at somebody and say, you got to keep the fire burning. You know, God, God will provide the fire, but you and I must keep the fire burning. And hear, hear me carefully. I've learned if you want your children and if you want people around you to see Jesus in you, if you want to affect the world around you, then you have to have a heated faith. You got a pur purpose to love God above everything else because, listen, it's not what you do here on Sunday, but it's what you live out throughout the rest of the week. It's amazing how sometimes, you know, some of the most, uh, today in our society, do you know that Lady Gaga and... Uh, was, was the other, there, there are many leading singers who today who are very anti-God, Katie, Katie Perry, you know her daddy was a pastor. You know people like Britney Spears grew up in the church. You gotta often wonder, what, 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 what was it, or what did they not see? And here's what I can tell you clearly, listen, that often, that when, when people grow up in a home, what, what they see in church is not what they see at home. Often they become turned off towards Christianity. And that's a challenge to every one of us to make sure that, listen, the faith we talk about on Sunday morning, we live out on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. We have to have a heated faith. Listen, because let me just tell you, whatever you love, you make time for. Whatever you love, you spend resources on. Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Let me just tell you, if, you, if God is center, if he is first, then I want you to know people are going to see it, they're going to feel it, and they're going to hear about it. If I'm going to tell you, listen, to, if when, they, when you get at home, if all they hear about is football or, or baseball or basketball or hunting or this, and they don't hear about Jesus, then they're going to have a sense. You talk about Jesus at church, but it's not what you live. It's not the passion of your 
your life. Because you see, your, your first love, people can see it. They can hear it and they can feel it. Can I have an amen? And I want you to know that, listen, we all have to ask the question. If the family you live, if the people you work around, if, if, if the people you live with, if they had to go to court and find enough evidence to convict you that God was first in your life, would they be able to? I'm not talking about do you go to church, but people ought to see a heated faith. And he said, listen, in Deuteronomy 6, he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. I want you to know that when he is first, you can tell. I'm going to just tell you, it is going to, people, children going to know if money is first, they'll be able to tell it. If sports is first, they'll be able to tell it. Listen, tell you, we can even make an idol of our family. If family is first, they can tell. But I want you to know, when Jesus is first, you can tell it. And I want you to know, if we want to pass on to the next generation, we got to make sure that we love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, with all of our strength. You know, you can't fake that. Christianity is not a bunch of rules it's a relationship with the living God and I want you to know that let me just tell you it's being real about your relationship it's being real that listen that when, when, when we real with the people around us they ought to be able to see God active in every area of our lives it's not just something we we talk about it's something that he's personal to me he's he's involved in every area of my life when you love God I want you to know he becomes everything to you and I want you to know he he, he his his grace is manifested in you his favor is on your life people ought to see it they ought to see that there's something different because you love God. Can I have an amen? And I want you to know that's what we need as never before in our world today. They need to know you not because of your politics or, or not because of what you get, but because you love God with all of your heart. Anybody love him with all their heart? That's what, God, that's what it takes to, to influence another generation. That's what it takes to, to be a blessing to others. Secondly, he said, and these commandments I give you today, or to be on your hearts. I say not only we must have a heated faith, but we must learn and obey God's word. The Living Bible says it this way, and you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. You must make sure that God's word is in your heart. I want you to know, you can't give what you don't have. This is what Jesus said in John 8, 31. To the Jews who had believed on him, he said, if you continue in my word, the enemy says it this way, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You know, Christianity is not just information. It's transformation. You know, when you begin to let the Word of God abide in you, it begins to change you. It begins to conform you. you. The more you hang out with Jesus, the more you look like Jesus. The more you begin to meditate on His Word, the more you begin to take on His character. And I believe that that's what we, we're going to have to learn, how to not just read for information, but allow it to be transformation. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am gentle and humble of heart, and you will find rest for your souls. 
You know, Christianity is learning how to take on his lifestyle, learn how to take on his values, learn how to take on his character. You know, when, when, you, when you begin to meditate on his word, you begin to take on his way of living. You begin to take on his way of thinking so that it begins to be on your heart that when people squeeze you, what comes out is, is his word. See, you know what's really in you because when they squeeze you, how many know it's going to come out of you? You know, you, that's the real test. See, anybody could claim it, but how many know it's under pressure is where we find out what's really in us. I say people are often like toothpaste. You only find out what's in them until you squeeze them. And I want you to know when, when you've been meditating on his word, David said, thy word have I hid in my heart so that I might not sin against you. You know, when you hide God's word in you, let me just tell you, all of a sudden, uh, when you get in a tough situation, I want you to know it's the word of God that will begin to come out of you when you begin to hide it on the inside. But you know what? If it's not on the inside of you, then when you get in a, a, a pressured situation, it won't come out of you. And I've seen people, I've seen Christians who come to church on Sunday, but when crisis come in their lives, they, they, they're hopeless, they, they're without hope because they've not made the word a part of their lives. And I want to say to you clearly, listen, one thing that we should have learned through this pandemic, listen, the preacher can't always be there with you. We got a generation that's been spoon-fed. And I want you to know, if they shut down the internet, you're going to have to know how to feed yourself. You got to know how to get a word. I want you, you got to know how to get a word from yourself. Anybody here know how to get a word? Listen to you. You got to know how to hear for God for yourself. Because let me tell you, in this day we live in where there's so many false prophets and false you better know how to hear God for yourself. Can I have an Amen. And I believe that as never before, we need to take time and ask our children, do you know how to hear from God? Do you know how to, do you know, do you, do you know what you believe about God? See, I, the one, one of the aspects of the Jews is they have a, a, a tradition called a bar mitzvah. That before a child is recognized to be an adult, they go through this bar mitzvah where they, where they study the Torah. The Torah is the first five books of the Bible that the Jews hold to as their, their Bible. They learn what the fundamentals of Judaism, they learn about certain values, they learn certain principles. In other words, they get immersed in what it really means to be a Jew. And so therefore, you can take a Jew and you can place him in Russia and he'll still live out his values. You could take a Jew and you can put him in China. And guess what? Because they learn certain values that they hold to, and he'll still live out those values. You could take a Jew and you can put him uh, in, in the middle of New York, and he'll still live out his values because what happens is they immerse themselves and certain values. How many know Jesus has given us his word? He's given us, let me just tell you, if we will immerse ourselves in the values of the kingdom, then regardless of who's president, we'll still be, we'll still represent the kingdom of God. Can I have an amen? See, you know, isn't it sad that so many people are bent out of shape because of who's in the White House? Let me just tell you, my king is the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. Come on. I, I want you to know that's why we need to never be shaken because our kingdom is is an everlasting kingdom it cannot be shaken but it's a sign that so much of the church has built its values on the world system 
rather than on God's eternal word. And this is why I'm telling you, listen to me. I don't know that, you know, uh, we, you know, if you read some of these people, these epidemiologists or the people who study epidemics and whatever, they believe that that Corona was just a foretaste of what we're going to see more of in the years to come. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a medical doctor. But I'm just telling you what many of those who study diseases and say what they're dying. And, and here, here's the reality. Let me just tell you, regardless of what they shut down, regardless of what, what happens, if you got God's word in you, how many of you, you're going to be all right. I, I, let me just tell you. See, this is what you got to know. If everything around you shut down, see, what, what, what I want to know as a pastor, if they close the building, if they put me in jail, I want to know that you're going to still be all right because you know how to get the word of God for yourself. I want to know because you have made it a habit of studying. You've made it a habit of hiding his word. You've not, it's not just something that you come to church and get spoon fed but you take time out daily to feed yourself you like Jesus said you abide in him and his word abide in you and because his word abide in you it doesn't matter what happens around you you still stand strong because God is on the inside of you and I want to tell you that listen to me I believe that if 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 you and I will make it a, a priority of our life Jesus said listen uh, he said in Deuteronomy, these commandments I give you today will be upon your heart. It got to be in you. It's not just something that's in your head. It got to be in your heart. Can I have an amen? See, this is why Romans 12 says, don't copy the behavior in the customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good. Did you hear what God's will is? Say it's good. His will for you is good, is pleasing, and is perfect. I, I'm going through a study, and I invite all of you. Every year I read through the, the Bible together. There's a, um, a study that I want to encourage you. Uh, I go there, this year I'm going through uh, Nikki Gumbel's Bible in one year. I, a, a U version is an app that you can put on your phone. Uh, a half a billion people have downloaded U version as a Bible, and uh, and you know what the, the the amazing thing about it is that you can listen to it, you can read it. You you know it, each day there's a devotion for that day that that gives you uh, some inspirational reading that day, and it gives you some scriptures for that day. And I want you to know that something happened when you begin to hide and read the Word of God on a daily basis because you don't know, listen to me, if they take our Bibles, if, but if you put it in your heart, how many know they can't take that away? And this is what I'm just telling you. I don't know what's going to happen in our society, but I do know this. If you will make it a priority to put God's word in you, then it doesn't matter what happens around you because if he's in you, you're going to be all right. Can I have it? If you've hid his word in your heart, if you've learned to meditate, if you learn to stand on him and, you know, we can anything. See, I can be optimistic because I don't care what happens. And, in, in, you know, we can, we can be optimistic because we know that, listen, God's kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Kingdom. regardless of what's happening in America how you know everything's in God's kingdom is all right and he says his will for us is good and you know this is why crisis can be happening all around you but if you rooted in the kingdom of God that you can stand flat-footed and say listen I know everything's gonna be all right but 
you got to have his word in you. This is why I limit you. You got to know how to act. I, uh, I, I believe that a good thing that I want to encourage all of you as a congregation to do is, is to read through the Sermon on the Mount and meditate on it and begin to memorize it. Because in the Sermon on the Mount, it tells us, I call it the constitution of the kingdom of God. It tells us how we to act. You know, I was reading this morning, sadly, uh, Christians talking, but they can't pray for our president. I, I don't pray for, I can't pray for Christians. But you see, when you read the constitution of the kingdom, it tells us that we're to honor those in authority. It tells us we're to pray for those. It tells us that we're to love our enemy. We're not to curse them. It's amazing how many Christians are slandering and, and speaking evil. Of, you know, let me just tell you, and it's, it's not nothing new. When President Trump was president, some of you were guilty of it as well. I corrected a Christian because he went on Facebook uh, slandering and saying, all I said, listen, the Bible says as a Christian, we're not to speak evil of our ruler. We're to pray for him. Well, he, 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 rather than him receiving it, he got angry and started saying all kind of negative things. I ain't going to respect this person. Well, you see, the same thing is true. Let me just tell you, God blesses us when we learn to obey his word and not follow the way of the world. Can I have an amen? And listen to me. I'm going to keep all of you safe. Let me just tell you. We're to pray for our president. Did y'all hear what I'm saying? We're to honor him. God places people on authority. The Bible says he raised up one and he brings down another. I don't care. Joe Biden is our president and we're going to pray for him. Can I have an amen? And we're going to honor him. And we're going to pray that God gives him wisdom and direction and guide him. But I'm going to tell you, the reason why we do that is not because of what I say, but because this word teaches us this. See, Jesus taught us how we to live. Jesus taught us how we to react towards one another. I'm not going to get caught up in the hate. Look at somebody and say, don't get caught up in the hate. See, we get, we're living in a world around so many people are caught up in this hate. And I want you to know, you can't get caught up in it. Jesus said, I say, say to you, love your enemies. I say to you, bless those who curse you i say pray for those who despitefully use you he said listen anybody can love those who love them but he said if you're going to be a child of god how many child of god i got in here see if you're going to be a child of god then you got to love your enemy you got to bless them you got to pray for them god reigns on the just as well as the unjust how you know i want to be like my father in heaven i want you and if and listen and if we'll learn to follow his rule and follow his God, then I want you to know everything's going to be all right because his kingdom, you listen to it, nothing is, nothing is shaking in God's kingdom. Everything's all right in the kingdom of God. Come on, let's thank God that everything's all right. There's peace in the kingdom. There's joy in the kingdom. There's love in the kingdom. And I'm, you know, when we learn to live lives rooted in the kingdom of God, then regardless of what's happening around you, I want you to know there's peace in my home. There's joy in my home. I want you to know, there's no fear. The Bible says perfect love casts out fear. We don't have the fear for the believer to live in fear. It's to live contrary to the kingdom of God. The Bible said, Jesus said, listen what he said. Don't fear what men can do. Don't fear what can, if you, you, you're in a win-win situation. If you live, you mean more service for God. If you die, you're just going to be with Jesus. You can't lose. Can I have an Amen. So we don't have any reason to live and be controlled by fear. Now, I'm not talking about being foolish. 
Y'all understand there's a difference between foolishness and, and faith. I'm talking about living in faith. I, I, I believe that we to take precaution. I believe that this virus is real. It has killed 400,000 people. But I also believe that he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High. Anybody believe that? Shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, he's my refuge. Come on, is God your refuge? Is he your hiding place? Is he your security? I Listen, he goes on, I will not fear for the terror that comes by day or the arrow that flies by noonday. Listen, a thousand might fall at my side and ten thousand at my right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with my eyes shall I behold the reward of the wicked. Listen, because I made the Lord my refuge. Anybody here, God is your refuge. See, that's why we're to live transcendent. Understand that when we live and our lives is rooted in the kingdom of God, we live a transcendent. That means we don't live based on this world system. We live above this world system. We, we, live, we live in the kingdom that the world, Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. We live by the kingdom of God. And in the kingdom of God, everything's all right because Jesus is still king. How many you know he's still on the throne? And I talked to him this God, and Come on, he's not worried. He's not shaken. Come on, he said everything's going to be all right. Let's give God some praise because he's the king of kings. But hear me. You got to know that for yourself. You got to know him for you. You got to learn how to spend time with him. You got to learn how to make sure his words is in your heart. You could, because listen, there's no promise. We've, we learned through this pandemic that if the, when the churches are closed and the buildings are closed, listen, you got to know how to get a word for yourself. You got to know how to draw nigh to God and, and God, I need you to speak to me about what's going on. I need you to tell me, Lord God, help me understand. Help me understand what's going on in my world. And you see, when we, when you have this word on the inside and you begin to hide it, then you can be an encouragement to others. Can I have an amen? Because the world is shaking right now. I said there's a whole lot of shaking going on. <laughs> and they ought to be able to look at us and say, listen, we, we are people that ain't shaking. We're standing flat-footed, firm on the word of God. And so hear me, discipleship involves, number one, you loving God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. Secondly, you loving, you, 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 secondly, it, it involves, he says here, learning to obey, learning, learning and obeying his word. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciple. If you hold to my teaching, then you'll be firmly and rooted. See, regardless of what happens around you, if his word is in you, I want you to know it'll, be, it'll, it'll give you a foundation. It'll give you a stability. It'll give you peace in the midst of every crisis. And that word will keep you. And lastly, he, he, here's what he says. And I, I, I gave you, I want to put it this way. We must imprint it. Not only on our hearts, but those around us. Listen, in verse 7, impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road. When you lie down and when you get up. I, I want to just speak to that because this is what I call everyday discipleship. Why? 
is so important. Christianity is a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. And I want you to know that if you will make it a lifestyle, it's, I, it involves every aspect of my life, every area of my life. One of the greatest compliments I got this week, I was speaking to a banker we, we know in this community who I've recommended several people to. And he said, Pastor Bernard, I want to compliment you. He said, man, listen, all the people you sent me, he says, amazing. He said, they share the same values. They all want to get out of debt. They all want to be good with their mind. They all, they, they, he, said, he's, uh, he said, listen, they all, they all want to be generous. They all want to be good with their mind. They all want to get out of debt. He said, you might, whatever you're doing over there, you're doing something good because everybody you sent me, they, they hold to the same thing. See, that was the greatest compliment because they're, they're catching the values of the kingdom. See, how many know God says, oh, no man, nothing but to love him? How many know when, we, when we're rooted in the kingdom, we want to live? See, it affects how we handle our money. <laughs> I say it affects how you handle your money. More is caught than taught. And I'm going to tell you this. This is why, this is why I was saying, see, you got to impress it. I, I was just asking, I was asking uh, some of my kids. You know, I was reading Tony Evans because I, I, I got this curriculum or I've been reading his book, Kingdom Disciples. And he said he's often asked the question, what, what is the reason why all four of his children, adult children, are in the Lord, serving God, passing it? Uh, how many of you ever heard of Priscilla Shire? She's a, she's a fireball preacher. Anybody? Some of you? Amen. That, that's Dr. Tony Evans' daughter. His other son is Tony Evans. And uh, he, all four of his children, man. But he said, listen, what he, he, he goes on to say. He said, listen, as though he was a pastor and he was busy, he said, I made the dinner table a time where we fleshed out and we talked about the word. That it, that it began to be imprinted. It wasn't just something that daddy preached on Sunday, but he applied it on Monday. And he applied it in his life, and he applied it in his heart. And his children saw that what, not only what he preached, but what he lived and what he walked out, and it, and it became contagious. And today, now all of his children serve the Lord. Come on, let's just thank God. See, that's the way it ought to be. Listen. I asked, I asked my adult children, uh, I said, listen, I asked, this, can you share with me examples of how me and your mom imprinted God's word on your heart? And I'm going to just read one of them. said, as growing up, you incorporated scriptures in our daily life, teaching us to memorize the word. You always listen to us as kids, as kids, and you encourage us to, we, 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 there was a broadcast called Odyssey, which was a cartoon made by Focus on the Family, but it was embedded with scriptures in the Word of God. And we invested that. They loved listening to Odyssey tape, so we'd, let, we'd buy that. And because of that, you know what? It, it caused the Word of God to be wrote on their hearts. One of them said, Daddy, you sang songs especially. I know y'all thought I couldn't sing, but I said. <laughs> but hear me. We got to make it fun. 
And so, you know, we, we, we sung song that, that there was, when, we, when they were growing up, there was a series called The Donut Man, and we would, we would sing songs that, that he sung, and, and uh, I would sing it to him, uh, and uh, when I take a bath, I think about the Lord and how he washed away my sins. Let me tell you more. Well, I'm going to stop right there. Anyway, but that, that's a song we would sing to them, and I would sing it to them when I would, when, when, when they were young. Another one said, listen, currently your lifestyle is an action verb of what God's word is. Before I remember doing the character trait things, there was always something we had to put in practice. Listen, even during the regular devotions, there was always discussions. We had to understand how God's word should be exercised. I want to say this to every, especially parent, but every one of you, there's 220 households represented. What would happen if you just started in your home and you made sure that God's word was impressed on the people in your home? Find ways to, you know, we did everything from play games to, Im to encourage them to learn the word. We did everything to sing songs to encourage them to learn the word. But I want you to know, we need to find ways to imprint it upon their heart because this is what I can tell you. Because if you will imprint that word, it will keep them when, you can, when you're not there. It will keep them when you can't keep them. It'll, it'll, it'll hold them. Listen to me. It, it will watch over them. We found out there was a relative of ours, and I, I'm just closing, and who, a relative of Angela's, and, and he was sharing how they had lost their two adult children, both in their 20s, and uh, how they had gone through different things, and he said, but God has been grateful and gracious to him. And I tell you, I got up this morning and I said, Angela, you know, I, I'm just overwhelmed by his mercy. A few years ago, one of my daughters turned over a vehicle upside down right here on Beltane and walked out without a scratch. I've seen the hand in the protection of God. And I say, God, is it possible because, Lord, the word of God tells us in the book of Proverbs that if we put the word of God in them, it will keep them. It will protect them. It will watch over them. It will guard them. And I say, God, could it be that because we imprinted the word, that that word kept them, that word protected them, that word watch over Listen, my heart hurt for, you know, for any parent who, who lost their children. But I just began to thank God. Let me just tell you, in the day we living in with all that's going on, I want you to know the greatest thing that you and I can do is not give them a 200 pair of Nike. It's not run all over town trying to get them to be in sports, that's, that's all good. Listen to me. The greatest thing, I'm talking about the greatest thing, is you live it out and you imprint God's word so much so that they see it in you that they want it too. 
That's the greatest thing. Listen to me. If we'll imprint God's word on their heart, now I want you to know, you will give them the greatest treasure. Things that money can never buy. Things that all the gifts, listen, nothing wrong with giving gifts, nothing wrong with it, but the greatest treasure, the greatest treasure you're going to ever give your sons and daughters, your grandchildren, your family, is giving them the Word of God imprinted on their heart. And if you allow that to happen, then I want you to know that generations to come, this is what he goes on, so that the next generation and the next generation, they'll know the Lord. I'm believing God for generations. How many of you believe in God for generations? Listen to me. I believe the way we can reach into the next generation is by um, imprinting this generation. I had a call this past week, and I said, you can close your Bible. A young man, I didn't even know my life was influenced. This is why if you will let God's word get in your heart, people are watching you when you don't even thank you. People are looking at your life. This is why you got to know. This is why it can't be just on Sunday. Because people are looking at you. They're watching you. They're watching how you treat your wife. They're watching how you conduct one another. See, because more is caught than taught. And sometimes the only lesson, I'm, you've heard it say, the only Jesus that some people ever see is the Jesus in you. They're watching your life. They're watching how under pressure do you cuss one another out. They, they do. They watch that. And I was so, I was taken back because I got a call from somebody I never even expected. And they was just sharing how they watched my life and they were asking me for just some advice and some direction. I was humbled because they thought enough that they saw enough of God in me to want to ask my input and my advice. And they wanted me to pray with them and pray for them. The world is looking. Let me just tell you, in this world right now we live in, the world is looking for the real Jesus. Not a political Jesus. Not a racist Jesus. But the Jesus of the Bible. Can I have an Amen. I said the world is looking for the real Jesus. Will the real Jesus stand up? Will the real Jesus? Listen to me. And we need to let the real Jesus live big in us. We need to let the real Jesus live so large in a world where there's so much confusion. Let him see the real Jesus in you. Amen. Let's close in a word of prayer.